Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I'm so happy that you have found your way here. I'm trying to contain my excitement, calm down, because today is our first episode in the More series. My one word for 2020 was more, M-O-R-E. And little did I know that 2020 would usher in a global pandemic. Well, I have seen a new side of that word more as I've had more time to think. I've had more space, empty space on my calendar. I have learned way more about uh, masks than I have ever thought I would need to know. I've just learned so much more. And in our very first episode of this series, we are going to be learning about gratitude because I want more gratitude in my life. Experts all agree that when you practice gratitude, when you have an attitude of gratitude, life really becomes better, more meaningful, and richer. And boy, don't we all want a more meaningful life? So I want to start with these beautiful words by John Milton. Gratitude bestows reverence, allowing us to encounter everyday epiphanies. I love that. Those transcendent moments of awe that change forever how we experience life and the world. Everyday epiphanies. Those two words, everyday epiphanies. When I read those, I had to take a pause. They arrested my attention. They took my breath away. And they really solidified my belief that in times of uncertainty, instability, fear, heightened anxiety, increased worry, how critical it is that we return to those contemplative practices of silence, stillness, solitude, simplicity. And I add today gratitude because I believe with all of my heart that gratitude and wonder hold hands. They walk through life together. What is an epiphany? An epiphany is a manifestation of something divine, something otherworldly. And in my faith, I say something eternal, something that God just delights to bestow upon our day, something that takes our breath away. Gratitude is indeed walking through the world with wonder on one side and awe on the other. Wonder is a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration, caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar, 
or inexplicable. Just love that. And I went to John 14, a beautiful chapter in John's gospel. And in in verse 21, John writes, The one who obeys me is the one who loves me. And because he loves me, my Father in heaven will love him. And I will too. And I will reveal myself to him. That word reveal, when you look at it in its Greek underpinnings, means emphanizo. And when you hear that emphanizo, it really leads, it's the root of emphasis, isn't it? So it means manifest, to shine. It's a verb, it's active. So when John is writing that God tells us he will reveal himself to us, he's saying God will manifest. He will make himself known. He will shine on you. He will do significant, beautiful things in your life as you obey him and as you love him. God is a good, good father. And he has given us this beautiful creation in which to experience the wonder and awe. And in doing that, to practice gratitude. One of the greatest enemies of gratitude, one of the greatest enemies of wonder and awe, is rushing. Rushing, hurrying. And this pandemic has made us all pause. But I bet, even inside of a pandemic that's called us all home, we've still found ourselves rushing inside. That would be my guess. In my first book, Rock Solid Families, I wrote a whole chapter on devotion as one of the 12 formative foundational stones of a family. And within that chapter, I wrote on identifying stressors, that one of the most important ways to increase simplicity and serenity and meaning and joy within the home is to be able to identify those stressors that are causing you to live your life at a rushed state of things. I just wanted to read to you from that chapter. Rushing, I wrote, causes me great distress. It interrupts my peace. I used to be able to hurry and scurry my way through the day, but no more. Perhaps it is age and realize when I wrote this book, I was in my late 30s, early 40s. It's now two decades later, and I really don't like rushing anymore. And it probably is due to my age. Or I think it's due to wisdom. So I write, perhaps it's age or perhaps it is physical limitations, but I can't do rushing. I don't do rushing. I agree with author Kirk Byron Jones, who writes, spirituality rarely involves rushing. Spirituality is courted by attentiveness. Now, this is a lean-in moment, so I'm going to read that quote from author Kirk Byron Jones again. Spirituality rarely involves rushing. Spirituality is courted by attentiveness. Now I want us to frame this because last week I asked you to examine the frame through which you look at life. Now, yes, we are in a global pandemic. The world is sick, our nation is sick, and we have been asked to lock down, to shut down, to be home, but I guarantee you, 
guarantee you that even within that, I bet there's some rushing going on around the house or some hurrying or get that done, get that schoolwork done, do this, get that done, come on, hurry up. So just examine. Jones says to do away with rushing by implementing the savoring pace. That's a tempo. I call it living a now life, a right now life. The here and the now. Remember the power that exists in that three-letter word, now, N-O-W. When the light bulb went off in my brain concerning living a right now life, my black and white world of hurry, worry, and scurry transformed into full technicolor. It was freeing. For once in my life, I wasn't living in the next day or the next month or five years from now or 10 years from now. I was living in the moment. I was brand new at it. I can look back now two decades and go, girl, you really didn't know much. But I was aware. It was the beginning of my awareness, the awakening of my awareness, I should say. And self-awareness is everything. As my friend from Thailand says, awareness is a dangerous thing because once you're aware, there's no turning back. Got to do something about it. So one very special day, I'm writing, still reading from that chapter devotion in Rock Solid Families. One very special day, my daughter and I had the opportunity to show up for life. I love that. While attending a conference, we stopped life for a few moments to order dessert. It had been a long, arduous day for her, so I thought she deserved a special treat. She ordered a root beer float, an $8 root beer float. Well, this ought to be something, I thought. When it arrived, it lived up to its billing, arranged beautifully. Now, just put your imagination out there for a moment. Take this note off. When it arrived, it came and lived up to its billing. It was arranged beautifully on a big white plate, and it had a large decorative glass containing five scoops of creamy vanilla ice cream, a bottle of famous IBC root beer, and three delectable chocolate chip cookies. Her eyes were as big as saucers, and mine were even bigger. I flipped out. I really did. I got really excited because it was so awesome. It was beautiful. I couldn't help but delight in the beautiful presentation of the dessert. I raved about it to the waitress as she poured, she actually poured the chilled root beer over the vanilla ice cream right there in front of my daughter. So it transformed simple ingredients into a volcanic float. Oh, gosh, Janelle, what's the big deal, my friend called from the opposite end of the table. It's a root beer float, for goodness sake. Calm down. (sighs) Well, yes, indeed it is, I smiled. Perhaps the prettiest darn root beer float I've ever seen. For just a moment, I savored life. I showed up. My daughter showed up. And I enjoyed the show. She enjoyed the show. And we ate it with joy together. Is it so terrible, I write, to take the time to enjoy the ordinary blessings of life? I just don't think so. And all these decades later, I'm doing it even more.
Because life, my friends, is short and it's meant to be celebrated. And more than that, it's meant to be thanked. Life is meant to be given our thanks for the multitude of blessings, for the multitude of beautiful, beautiful little measures of God's presence that when we are rushing, we miss. We miss them. In his beautiful book, Consolations, The Solace, Nourishment, and Underlying Meaning of Everyday Words, poet David White writes this about gratitude. Gratitude is not a passive response to something we have been given. Gratitude arises from paying attention, from being awake in the presence of everything that lives within and without us. Gratitude is not necessarily something that is shown after the event. It is the deep, a priori state of attention that shows we understand and are equal to the gifted nature of life. Gratitude is the understanding that many millions of things come together and live together and mesh together and breathe together in order for us to take even one more breath of air. That the underlying gift of life and incarnation as a living, participating human being is a privilege. That we are miraculously part of something rather than nothing. Even if that something is temporarily pain or despair, we inhabit a living world with real faces, real voices, laughter, the color blue, the green of the fields, the freshness of a cold wind, or the tawny hue of a winter landscape. To see the full, miraculous essentiality of the color blue is to be grateful with no necessity for a word of thanks. To see fully the beauty of a daughter's face is to be fully grateful without having to seek a God to thank him. I add here, when we are present and when we notice and we embody that moment, that is our gratitude to God. It's just there. He he feels it. To sit among friends and strangers, hearing many voices, strange opinions, to intuit inner lives beneath surface lives, to inhabit many worlds at once in this world, to be a someone amongst all other someones, and therefore to make a conversation without saying a word, is to deepen our sense of presence and therefore our natural sense of thankfulness, that every day happens both with us and without us that we are participant and witness all at once. Thankfulness finds its full measure in generosity of presence, both through participation and witness. We sit at the table as part of every other person's world while making our own world without will or effort. This is what is extraordinary and gifted. This, my friends, is the essence of gratefulness. Seeing to the heart of privilege. Thanksgiving happens when our sense of presence meets all other presences. And he ends with, this is one of those arresting sentences. 
being unappreciative might mean we are simply not paying attention. Where are you today? Where do you find yourself today? Are you rushing, moving through life at such a fast tempo that the world is just rushing by you and you are just missing it all? Or maybe you're finding yourself filled with a renewed sense of vigor and gratitude. That's fantastic. But today I want to take just a moment to invite you into our 28 days uh, to greater joy. Because when we practice gratitude, we will experience more joy. And being in a period of grief myself, having just lost my mom two months ago today, I have been moving through a season of grief. And I talked a little bit about that in our inaugural episode last week. But Moving through this season of grief during a transitional season from summer to fall here in the state of Virginia has ushered in that I want to move now from a season of grief into a season of gratitude. That gratitude is exactly the prescription I needed to write for myself to begin to live life again, to know how to live life without my mom in my life. That was my biggest epiphany. We're talking about epiphanies. That was my biggest epiphany. Just a few days after she passed was I was opening flowers from my children and I read the card and it said, mom, you were such a rock to to grandma. And I just fell apart. I fell apart in front of them. I didn't want to fall apart. Takes a lot of energy to fall apart. And yet I couldn't help myself. I just couldn't help myself. It came, the tears, the grief came from such a deep, deep, deep spot. Oh my goodness, so deep. It felt deep and it was deep. And in that depth, I had one sentence come forth. Much like I've experienced with some of my trauma clients when we're doing trauma memory release, what came bubbling up for me was, I don't know how to live without caring for my mom. I don't know how to live without making my mom happy. My mom and I had been very enmeshed for many, many years. And you can certainly listen to some of my previous podcasts to hear more about that. And there is a little bit about that in my next book. But I really sincerely wasn't sure how I would live my life without my mom in it. And so these two months have been a season of reflection and heart work and listening to wise teachers help me understand the mother-daughter bond and what happens when that, that mother passes and she's no longer present in your life. And so it's been a deep period of a grief that's really taken me by surprise in many ways. And so I want to move from that season of grief and move into a season of gratitude. And I would love for you to be on this journey with me. So please go to JanelleRairden.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's a weekly, bi-weekly sometimes newsletter where I inform you of all the beautiful things I'm learning on my journey through life. 
And if you are on Facebook, be sure to join our online heartlifting community, Stronger Every Day, so that you can participate and uh, we can grow together because that is where true healing happens is within community. So until next time, my friend, always remember you have value, worth, and dignity. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Every Day online community at JanelleRardin.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.